so stronger people have bigger snatches and cleaner jerks. Or is it people with strong <laughs> snatches and clean jerks have bigger squats? Dun dun dun. Okay. Welcome back to the Seeker Strength Podcast. It's been a while. What are we doing this on? Uh we don't know yet. We're just this is gonna be one of those uh divine creation ones where we just start talking. What kind of um It's actually been a while since we sat down and uh recorded a podcast. For reasons we're not going to get into and Gar's dog has just climbed up onto his lap and is looking lovingly into his eyes. While yawning. The other one's there now. Hey buddy. Um if you could design if you could do a study on weightlifters yeah. any level. Yeah. What would you do? Uh I'd probably look at different so I'd want to do it in elite weightlifters. And I'd looking I'd look at types of motivation they have. Oh my uh, god. Here we go. Yeah. Can, can we get something that's useful for other people, no? No. Nah. Uh yeah. Nah. That's what I do. Might do some their motivation the way they're they semi structured interviews. Uh around motivation and maybe I'd like to do some stuff around role models because it's it's something that there's not a huge amount of good research out there on role models in elite sport. Uh and I think it's something that when you start asking good athletes about... Did they have role models? They all are like, oh, well, I did a really good coach, or, well, I used to always watch this one player play. Uh, so I'd like to do something on that. And it's something that my own academic career has never really read into, i.e. I have never read a paper <laughs> on it. That sounds... Massively... It sounds invigorating. It sounds massively uninteresting. <laughs> As the studies go, if you had access to uh, all the elite weightlifters in the world and you'd do a study on what they, why they did weightlifting. Yeah, but girl, I'm, Surely not, I'm not doing it to be interesting. I'm doing it to fill an academical void. I'm sure there's a lot bigger academical voids on weightlifting than what they, why they weightlifted. Yeah, but it, why, wait. Yeah. But you see, all you're going to be interested in yeah. is physiology yeah. and biomechanics. Absolutely. That's pretty much the only thing you're going to be interested in. Absolutely. And neither of those things would be my... What would... Neither of those things would get me going, as a person might say. Do you not think... Because biomechanics is just physics for people who don't like to think about things really hard. Uh <laughs> And then physiology is just biochemistry. There's definitely some biomechanists listening. Um, <laughs> Biomechanist is the name. I would say, would you not think that the answer would be entirely intrinsic to everyone? Yeah. So how would you... So how fucking important is that? So how would you come... If I... Wait, what, what, what would if you I make? go and I speak what, to I, a... What are you looking for? Like, are you hoping to find something or do psychological... Studies just work like a, a novel or something. And it's like an Eden Blyton novel. You just get you, <laughs> you just you get more than you ask. You for just like, keep writing it. There's never really like a conclusion at the end or a moral to the story. So there's uh, no there's no. No, I, what I'd really like to find is if there was so in like what do you? You're too loud. I'm too loud. You're too loud. Apologies for that. You're mansplaining but, to me right now. Um, <laughs> Am I better now? Yeah. So you're saying there'd be no I, real. I feel like I've been turned down. Uh so you're still too loud. I'm still too loud. A little bit, yeah. Maybe if I just spoke a little bit quieter. Uh, yeah. 
So you, what I'd like to find right, yeah, is if there was something about role models. Also, oh, you'd like you'd like an old bias to the study already. You'd like to find something. That's great. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and you know what? Yeah, do you know what? I can say that because yeah. I'm not doing a study on that at the moment. <laughs> I'm not going. Who's be doing paying it. for this study? Right? <laughs> Who pays your wages? Yeah, it's a big butter. <laughs> big role model, pharma industry. Uh, so what's what I so what, right. sorry, what's that app if I use again? The one Which one? The app permitted. Headspace. Is it big headed headspace, is it? <laughs> Go on. Uh, anyway, it'd be interesting, right, if you did a study on role models and found that uh coaching staff had a huge impact in terms of a role model and that impact was highest between the ages of 13 and Mm. 16 and then you'd say okay we really need to focus this kind of person or we need when we're training up these coaches for this level we need to get this kind of person Mm -hmm. they need to have these kind of skills whether that's like psychosocial skills or whether that's actually like biomechanical knowledge or Mm. like or it could just be that they're a good human being they need to be in that role for this amount of time when the kids are this age and yeah. that's how you get a lead athlete. I could say from, so obviously from Miso and Gabriel, they both talk about their coaches. Yeah, a lot. So obviously both of their coaches were very good weightlifters. So Nico Vlad was one of the best weightlifters ever. He's the heaviest person ever to snatch double body weight. Also one of the best names ever. Nico Vlad. Yeah. He still involves the Romanian Weight Federation, which must be very useful. So he snatched 200.5 kilos at 100 kilo body weight in competition. That is mental. Clean jerk like 235 at 100 kilo bodies and stuff. So a great clean jerker, but not as great as he snatched. Yeah. And obviously Miso's father, we know, is a huge role model. And this was anecdotally, if you look at the Russians' Instagrams, they're always posting pictures of their coaches. Yeah. Like I just saw someone today and I just happened to be talking about how great he was and when he started coaching them. And a lot of time they seem to, so the Chinese seem to move through provinces once you get to a certain level there's a new coach who can take you yes. from this level to this level. Whereas the Russians seem to be a relationship like that 94 Igor Klimanov or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, I think it was from 2004, this coach started coaching him. Yeah. So it's clearly, they're clearly like strong. Very strong bonds. Yeah, between those. Do you know what's really interesting as well is this is basically just the biggest random, random tangent ever, but when people talk about coaches and they've been with them for so long, people always think like the coach's prowess or knowledge is static, you know. And then when you like, when you get a coach or you're developing coaches or you're training coaches and putting them through courses that he's an intermediate level coach, he's going to coach these kind of people for this amount of time and his athletes will usually achieve this like national grade or Europeans grade. Whereas like, if you think that lifter's coach has been with him since 2004, if you have a system that develops coaches the same way it looks at developing athletes, then that's an interesting system. Yeah. Do you know where like, the coaching prowess of someone isn't seen to be like this static thing where they're this level of coach, so they get this level of athlete, and once the athlete goes to be an international level, they go to their international level coach. You think, especially for small nations that like a system that develops coaches as uh as kind of f- with a, as a much bond. focus as, as a, a team like what yeah and like with as much focus as it develops athletes that would have to be a winning system <laughs> i would think you know in a lot of those countries though 
it's like a it's like a, just a job you know like you're testing yeah a batch samples you're sending out a box of clothes you're producing athletes through ages 13 yeah. to 16 you know I'd say a lot of the time it's just these but things are, about here like I know but if if we're if you're talking about people who want to win medals yeah 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 like it's that's your job is 13 to 16 or whatever yeah and you just you get them from 13 to 16 yeah you, you might have an Olymp- like you might have four years or you might have eight years to do it and like you might develop a good bond with those but it might not matter yeah it might you're just probably that seems what the Chinese system seems to be like yeah a lot of them have talked about it like once they move through the different levels that they go like from provincial le- or club level to provincial level to national to elite and you know yeah and some of them seem to change like coaches later in their career or whatever but then obviously there's more than one mate skin a cat like Miso's one of his coaches for the last literally forever because it's yeah. his father exactly like yeah alright if you were to design a study and you had access to every weightlifter in the world what would you do so I'd want to see how much they back squatted no no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I would like something halfway between your nonsense and uh, science what I would like to see what? Some might call it non-science. Non-science. <laughs> it's what they think about when they're going through each lift, like the elites. Oh. Yeah, so that'd be more of an open-ended... Like my FYP. Yeah. <laughs> it'll just be, I suppose, you would have lifter A, Lu Zhaojun, says, when he snatches, he thinks about this. Yeah. And it would just be like a, a table of contents or whatever of each of their lifts. And then... It'd be a lovely Excel spreadsheet. It'd be phenomenal. That'd be... Yeah. I don't know what you call that, a study more of... um. An uh, observational kind of yeah but just be an observational design yeah like kind of it's a, not like an intervention intervention no like a mentality kind of review kind of thing yeah. where you're just like what's he think about what's he think about and then you're not making any judgment based on what they're saying or you're not making any conclusions maybe you might make some conclusions if you see a massive trend yeah like if everybody says I'm just making this up now so no one think about this they think about fairies and unicorns or if they're like I always push through my middle toe when I'm snatching and if you see five world record holders say that then you'd be like jeez maybe that so in conclusion you'd be like five or more mentioned their toes or something you know not yeah. not being like this is what you should do but this is just the trend that appeared yeah yeah or or if I had, <laughs> if I'd relax I'd, here I'd we go blow the doors open on it <laughs> I'd love to go through their drugs history everything, oh my god everything they took forever yeah so probably wouldn't even need to talk to them you'd just talk to their teams or I'd love to talk to their teams and their coaches and if they were like, yeah, so when we were taking fucking um, fucking testosterone. When he was four. Yeah. So like <laughs> when he was 12, we were giving him this for this reason. Yeah. But then when he was 18, and we're giving him this for this reason and we built it up like, you know, when Ilya was preparing, so he, he took a break after London, right? And then he took like a year's break, went to, he actually went back to London to learn English, to do like right. an English course. Was doing like he's swimming like he looked kind of healthy again a full head of hair and all that crack right then he did his little tour of America and then he started his prep for 2014 Worlds started his prep he's always oh, started his prep <laughs> so it was like he started his prep it's, it was seemed in like February or something like that right yeah and everyone was like oh my god there's no way he's going to get back in shape and we got these just sensational YouTube videos from every week yeah and, I, and now we can say this because Ilya tested positive so many times more than anyone else has that we it's can a little different for the positive test <laughs> and as we've said we've no we've no aversion to doping at all what way one way or the other like we're we, not here to cast cast no judgments on no. anyone or anyone's opinion who's against it we can see both sides and thankfully we're uninvolved so it's 
it's kind of six of one for us. Yeah. But for Inelia's case, very clearly. So we're we're going to do that review on the Kazakhstan training system and talk a little bit about that later. Dara hasn't had a chance. He's just finishing his thesis or whatever. But <laughs> oh, because I'm doing an actual review. <laughs> doing a real review. Yeah. So. I would love to see like what the plan was and like where the coaches talking to their chemists or their doctors yeah. and were they like were they saying okay we need Ilya a fucking max loaded up a maximum for this date so he can do that 245 clean and jerk squat jerk or whatever you know yeah. or were they like did the chemist go to you right we can give him this much for this long and we'll build it up because we know this will give you the most effect and you have to plan your training around this I wonder or is it a bit of both or is that even is the conversation more so uh we can do this amount and then he has to stop at this time yeah. because for testing. That's what I'm saying. And then you can go as heavy as fuck until the 15th and then yeah. stop. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Like, and like... I it's probably more revolving around testing than anything else. And the coaches will have knowledge prior that they'll know that like once they stop the drugs on the 15th or something, they'll know that Elliot could still go heavy until the 27th before yeah. there's... I, what would you say? Kind of... Um, a statistical drop off almost because they would have seen yeah, that so much yeah, yeah. that they would have known that's something I would have loved I would just love to know like just it's probably something we'll never know never know that's the unfortunate thing about it well maybe not never someone always comes out eventually yeah we we'll probably won't see a, a scientifically validated study no. looking at that there was actually a study on performance answers a Soviet study on it really? on weightlifting actually yeah on how it um, some people suggested from the 70s onwards that um that the drugs ruin the creativity of coaches which oh is, you were talking about that study yeah I didn't I didn't read the whole study actually because um, the Kazakh one is when I was just going over it a few times yeah um, that is something I would think would be so interesting but I don't know how interesting it would be to a lot of people but for me personally I would just be just amazed yeah, it would yeah, just yeah. be so interesting if the reasoning it could be too deep down the rabbit hole that's the problem like yeah um, obviously that would all be anonymous but none of this is ever going to happen anyway so it doesn't matter yeah uh, but I think the the middle one would actually be, would be useful for people the little uh, table of contents them just the kind of it's like if you ever read my undergrad yeah <laughs> what's your undergrad whatever it was called uh, mine was basically that study but done on non-elite weightlifters and done on their pre-performance routines oh I was in that yeah you were yeah you took part in that study uh, so this is how like a lot of pre-performance routine or uh, kind of motivation studies will be done you go and you sit down and, and do something called a semi-structured interview with uh, like elite level athletes or athletes of a certain level and it was like you have a, a list of 20 questions but that kind of that gives direction to the interview you wanted these toys <laughs> but uh, the dog basically nearly flipped over the table and just ran away with a toy he's a toy box down here you see uh, so you have a list of questions that gives the interview some sort of direction uh, and then chatting through with an athlete like so we did it for snatch and they they watch a video of their three heaviest snatches they've done in competition mm -hmm. and then they'll uh, talk aloud and recall what's going on in their head as they're approaching the lift and then you do something called coding where you'd pick out like common codes in each of their yeah. routines and then you do a statistical analysis to see if there's significance to how often a certain code might pop up. I have two more, actually, I would think. Go on. So I would love to do a review on, like, the percentage snatch, clean, jerk, pulls, and assistance exercises. 
that the Chinese team would do say yeah didn't find like the Armenians or Georgians are really like because the Russians aren't something that are quite relevant at the moment and I think I think eventually in a few years they'll they'll come back in the scene yeah maybe better than ever see they just got uh, banned from Euro 2020 for weightlifting no soccer who cares <laughs> I'm joking <laughs> they're being banned for everything they're like the um, uncool kid in school who's just like uh, oh, I have no invite for my birthday for you uh, sorry like unfair Russia are just sitting at home with their parents on a Saturday night <laughs> yeah there's a fellow who's in the Philly 150 this evening actually across the competition he's qualified for the games three or four times now but he right. hasn't got a visa oh really yeah but he's having a whale of a time so um, I would love to see oh, sorry. go on so I'd love to see like the percentage how much like the Poles or Chinese are doing whatever compared to like the Georgians now or the Armenians because yeah. they're treated the strongest teams now China, Georgia and Armenia at the moment it'd be very interesting to see like what percentage of snatch clean jerk of total lifts they're doing yeah. total training time what was the other one I had oh there's another useful one that was a bit more practical Um. <laughs> oh actually kind of another context one maybe how like the elite coaches will teach the snatch clean jerk or more of a yeah that's more of a pedagogy study then yeah like or if you're a lifter have this issue like what does fucking Luz Ajun's coach do yeah if, yeah yeah um, your lifter's really slow in the second pull yeah or what does the Armenian coach do and I think those kind of things, because there is one of done those, the Kazakhstan lads did that in 2016. Yes. So they had a series of assistance exercises that they deemed the most related to the lifts. Okay. What's the ball? So there was, so this is a translation from Russian or Kazakh. And um, it was thumbless snatch or clean and jerk from the hang below the knee. So no hook grip. I assume that, very, yeah, very yeah, sure yeah. they assumed that's what they meant. No hook grip. No, no hook grip hang normal hang from below the knee hang from they call it pelvis or hip height okay so like power blocks. position so then so they had those ones so the normal kind of there was no crazy ones really yeah so just portions of lift broken down they had one I didn't understand what it says it says snatch your clean jerk with no explosion so I don't I don't know if that meant no foot yeah and no contact so no explosion would make me think no contact. Yeah. More than likely because you'd still have explosion or accentuation mm-hmm. is what they, was the other word. Or they said explosion or accentuation. They had explosion in verticumbus now. Yeah. So they had it. Then for the jerk assistance exercises they had one. So it was power snatch plus push jerk with clean grip. Uh, with jerk oh. grip, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can see why you'd do that. Yeah. Bit weird, but I can see. Bit uh, weird. And then they had so they had a power snatch with clean grip and then into a push yeah, jerk. Yeah. So then they had power jerk or whatever, but then they had push press from a quarter squat. For what? Push press from a quarter squat or push jerk from a quarter squat. Yeah, I could see how that would work. Yeah, like at the Because you're developing day. like a huge amount of force in a very, very, very short period of time. Like a pause almost basically. Yeah. Couple of the basics and then obviously just a snatch or a clean and jerk. So few, there was a few bicep curls. Zero bicycle curve. <laughs> so another thing I was saying there, that area before we started, a lot of these um, studies, and I've seen it at least three times, was a trend of bigger muscles make you slower because, but all of them, they were like, but this is not actually the case. Yeah. So a load of them thought, so there was two reasons common. Like, so one of them was that bigger muscles would cause more intramuscular pressure. So it would make you slower, harder to contract the muscle or whatever. Yeah. But that proved not to be true. 
they they kind of thought as well that if you a load of slow twitch f- uh, fiber hypertrophy, you just had bigger muscle mass because they're usually the bigger fibers. Yeah, yeah. And it would make her harder to contract, but that turned out to be not true as well. Because most of them, no one's really like 90% slow twitch. It's usually like a little bit more than half or something yeah. if you're like really predominant. And then the other reason was they thought if you had bigger muscles, right, your antagonist muscle moving because it was bigger would this require... This reason, when you told me this, I was like, more, the fuck? Requires more work to move. Yeah. So it created like kind of more effort. So you make you slower. Because that's how you reckon women are faster at dropping under the bar because they have less muscle mass. So it takes less to contract almost. Okay, or to decontract. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to go from a state of um, contraction to relaxing. Yeah, relaxing was faster than women, obviously, because they had less muscle to relax into, basically. Jesus, um, that's obviously been proved untrue. Well, I suppose it's been neither because it was. Do kind you know of what you? They guarantee you. There's been studies done on that. Proper studies, not weightlifting oh, ones. Oh well, like, no, these were legitimate ones. These were Soviet or okay, like yeah, yeah. weightlifting country ones. These weren't yeah. like fucking. Jimmy and Chang doing their defining their thesis. These, these were weren't at, Brighton University. No, some of them used to wear lead coaches and stuff yeah, like that. So yeah, they were yeah. legitimate sports scientists. So basically it wasn't that more muscle made you slower, but now yeah. what? women did drop faster because they had less muscle kind of thing. So it's kind of... Um, and it's made I'll us have to have a look into that. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it is actually, for sure. Um, But also it might not be just muscle mass, so it could be women's no. like levels of hormones or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or tendon strength or lack of or whatever. Yeah, or it could just be the overall displacement because you don't actually have like a thick calf underneath your hamstring that's going to land down on you. Like it's nothing to do with the muscle relaxing. It's just the actual mechanical stopping of a a joint from moving. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah, that's how it goes. Um, Oh, yeah, we got our first bad review on the podcast. Uh. Somebody who'd rated the podcast five stars uh, in every other review. Yeah. Hopefully he's still listening. Uh, hopefully he is still listening. Uh, gave a one star review because we didn't like game changers. We said we became... Uh, we became... Opinionated. Clickbaity and opinionated. And to be fair, we might have be- become a bit clickbaity. Um, and we've always been opinionated. Um, so what are you doing with your training at the moment? I am... Um Right now, today, or just in general? In general. So today, today. We'll, we'll go over today's training, sure. Yeah. So today, I was just doing, as you've heard me talk about before, the third day kind of in the rotation, just like some squats and presses and some assistance exercises. So I did my strict press. Shoulders a bit sore at the moment. I did, uh, just hurts a little bit. Kind of an overuse bit from snatch grip push presses. Um, I'll go address it soon, but... <laughs> um. I just did some light presses like at 80 for like a rep or two. It's just leaving it alone. I don't really need to do, I don't need a yeah, bigger press yeah. anymore, but I still need to keep pressing a little bit. So I just did some like sets 60 to 80. And then I did me front squats. So I, I went from 100 to 140 a few times just to warm up. And then I went from, I went 180, one, no, 170, 180, 200. 180, 190, 205, 180, 195, 205. Then I went back to 100, then 140, 180, 205, 215. And You're accruing a lot of volume on your front squats. I actually missed out a wave there. Did I, you? I'd say I went 180, 190, 200 twice. Yeah. Yeah, just a lot of volume. Um, there's one or two sets of two, most of them are singles because I'm just trying to do this fast. Funnel issue fast. is that sometimes at the bottom 
of my front squat, my knees kind of kick in a small bit, which I do in my back squat, which is, um, which is not. It's okay. A little knee kick in is fine. Yeah, it's never an issue. It's just not going to be possible unless you're Toshiki that you do a perfectly like knee traction squat. You know, like your your knee traction is straight up and down. Your biomechanics are perfect. Um, but it was causing me to kind of. Round it wasn't. It was a weird kind of rounding. Like it was kind of a tip forward as much. Yeah. Um, it was a tip from the hips. Like yeah. it wasn't an upper back or like a T spine rounding in. Yeah, I kind of rounded a little bit only because my hips are t- kicking back a small bit. Yeah. So on the last set, then I just went from a hundred as I was working up. I was just making sure I wasn't driving my knees out now. Yeah, I think it's important to note. <laughs> Because I have to be careful when I say things about squats because uh, people might take it as a gospel. I, I really wasn't trying to drive my knees out. I was just stopping my knees going in. Yeah. Because I was drive, I was pushing my knees forward in the and squat. And there is a huge difference. Yeah, there's a very big difference, you know, and it's important because while driving your knees out can mean your hips can sit down and come back up and you'll be in a nice line. It also means you lose a lot of power from your quads, which is not what you want to do in front squats. No. So I was just making sure at the bottom that my knees stayed forward and then as it was coming up that they were not going out so I wasn't pushing them out so to me it felt like I was pushing them out but what was actually happening was I they was were just, just staying just staying where they were yeah. so, so I wasn't driving them out I was just keeping them from going in and I did a 200 that was perfect which I'll be on my Instagram probably tomorrow or something and it was really nice straight up and down so that 200 I think was the best front squat you've done of that yeah yeah. Of, in ages I'd in say really good while. and then what did I do oh I just did some I have starting some lunges <laughs> I just did some plate this lunges. This is one of the biggest pains in Gurf's life at the moment. No, lunges are good for no one. Sorry, no, no one enjoys, enjoys them. So I did They're some good for everybody. Just 20 kilo plates. I did like five <laughs> sets of five and then I did 60 with the bar. Yeah. And the look of discomfort and just... just no one's comfortable. Joe, you know who loves him is Tyg. Yeah, but that's because Tyg is just a plus stallion. So uh, I don't know what I'll work up to. I probably have to get up to like 100 kilos of doors for sure. Yes. Yeah. And then I just did some loo raises with five kilo plates. Um, you know what I? You know you see a lot of times people are like oh, I can do them with ten kilo plates, but they're like shrugging up to their ears and then like twisting it in. It's like, like a mini power clean. Yeah. To get there and they're like, yeah. So what do you do, Fitz? Um, so I was originally going to back squat something heavy enough for a double, maybe two ten for a double, uh, and that would have kind of gone along nicely with your waves in the front squat yeah um, but back squats didn't feel great and I need to do front squats anyway no your back squat in the warm up didn't look great at all no uh, and I've been back squatting a lot so I think it just needed a bit of a break yeah um, so I started front squatting front squat at 180 for a grand single uh, I haven't front squatted in a long time so the actual movement itself yeah. was I thought you were going to miss it quite challenging to me like I'm taking like three seconds it's on my Instagram but like taking like three seconds on the, yeah yeah it could actually be four or five seconds on the way down uh and almost paused rep uh more like a tempo rep and then but the the squad itself is very very easy how do you feel good Oof. really good it's, considering it's my first time front squatting maybe since august uh because i'm pushing the old back squats a bit at the moment mm-hmm you might front squat 200 if you kept front squatting yeah like that's going to be so we're doing powerlifting competition on the 15th of December I'll probably just keep front squatting all the way up through that yeah and then 
the next goal in training after that is 180 kilo uh, hang clean so that's I'm really going to need to push my front squat for that yep uh, even though the 180 front squat today was grand I think I'll need like a 200 or definitely 190 or 195 for a double uh, for that front squat or for to do a 180 hang clean when you start doing hang cleans as well <laughs> <laughs> don't be mad uh, and then I did bench pressing after so I had planned to do 120 for a set of four with like a pause at my chest uh, but I did it for a set of three. But it was a good set of three. It was, yeah. My benching's getting a lot better. It was the first time you were doing benching where it looked convincing that you could do 140 it or more. I had some technique. Yeah. yeah. Um, your ass is shooting up a little bit, but you think you, it still feels like it's on the bench to you? Yeah. Uh, is it allowed move at all? On, like, it's allowed move, but it has to stay in contact with the bench. It can move. Yeah. Uh, so it feels good. My benching technique... Or, I, I call it my benching technique now, but a technique <laughs> which resembles somebody who's able to bench press well uh, is improving a lot. Or yeah. I have a technique now. Yeah. Um, it's still by no means good. And then I did some, I started doing wide grip pull-ups, yeah. uh, but I had that terrible teary tendony pain uh, in my lower back when I was doing them. So I did inverted rows instead. Probably better. <laughs> I actually think the inverted rows are better for hypertrophy. Yeah. If you're looking at like kind of back stuff. I what just, I'm basically aiming to do is just put some muscle on behind my shoulders yeah. for the old schmench pressing. Schmench meshing. Uh And yeah, for training in general, I'm doing like a day of volume and a day of a heavy single on the squat. Yeah. Probably every two days. Uh, it's great to your bench kit. Like you're actually pushing force through the whole range of motion. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah, you might. My, the only reason my bench is getting better is because I'm living with Ian, and Ian is benching four times a week. Great old bencher. Great bench presser. Um. Uh, and then I'm kind of doing. So I have three sessions for my clean. The first one is power clean singles, doubles, or triples from the floor. The second one is uh, high hang cleans. <laughs> That's the dog just growled into the microphone. <laughs> soothing. Uh, and the third one is full clean and jerks. Uh, and I'm kind of just tipping away through those. So like every, I'll probably get two or two of those sessions done every week. Uh, and just tipping away with that the whole time. And kick it up a notch once you're the first of the summer comes Yeah, along. my thesis is being handed in on the first. So once that's done, the world will be a better place. Uh, deer will be in a lot more danger <laughs> and I'll be back training again um, is there anything else we need to talk about for anybody who's interested my thesis is a review of the increased risk of musculoskeletal injury in professional rugby players following concussion sounds amazing no it probably it is very, so interesting doesn't very it? relevant yeah the NFL will shut you down soon anyway. don't worry about it it would be great if I could uh, Some sort of rugby world cup finish last month yeah Oh, it would have been so good if I had it just finished around the final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. would have been really nice, but... Uh, Some lads in black suits and a black fucking... Black helicopters. Chrysler's there will come... Stop telling them your head hurts. <laughs> it does fuck you up. Like, I, I assume the results are like, it fucks you up. Yeah, so 60% higher risk of lower body musculoskeletal injury in the season following a concussion. Lower? Or, sorry, 60% higher risk. So 
if you had a risk factor of, uh, so say, fuck, how am I going to verbalize this? If you have a risk factor of uh, one in two people mm-hmm. get an ACL tear yeah. nor- in normally in rugby, yeah. then your risk is 60% higher. So then it's uh, 1.6 in two people get an ACL tear if they've had a concussion the season before. Did you um, did you talk about any bit about anyone who was like the APOE gene or anything like that about you know if you've one variation is you're more likely to recover from your concussion or if you've another variation you're fucked so in terms of like the genetics of it yeah my study doesn't really look in that or like yeah. the this review I'm writing doesn't look at it because it's not really that important when you're looking at population based data yeah there's no point in being like like those gene manipulations are like one in 40 million people have those genes I know they're fairly common it's kind of either or not to have like not to be extremely resistant to concussion the one that's more common is to be highly susceptible to concussion yeah or to have like an elongated period of which we very well of recovery if, yeah if your kid is playing rugby and he's 10 years old and then yeah. you give him the old you test. still can't get those genes tested though you can can you you definitely can yeah yeah, yeah. in like consumer yeah, if you do any of those, like, um, 23 and me, they'll send you your full fucking genome or whatever, but they won't be able to tell you what most of it is. Like, but if, yeah. you, if you, if you, like, if you know what the gene you're looking for is, yeah, there's there's software, I can't remember what it's called now, but you just put in like a snippet of your codons, you know, and you'll get back. Um, yeah, sorry, mate, see, we're getting too far into real science now for this, right? So we'll go back and check back into the we're getting too hard now, the media be fairy tales and unicorns, we're getting too close there now to things, yeah. That could be said lead to other things. For I sure. think, like, obviously, there's not going to be huge findings from my study because yeah, yeah. it's a fucking master's thesis. But that's where it'll go eventually. I would imagine. Yeah, it's like uh, I think a really big thing that's people will get their kids tested in the last three or four years. Even more so than that is that you can be more than twelve months asymptomatic. So in terms of like cognitive testing, you could be asymptomatic. Yeah. In terms of balance testing, you could be asymptomatic, so but no still have but still have effects from the concussion. Is there any biomarkers or anything like that? How are you? How do they yeah, know? so the, they're they're Just getting like wide scale biomarkers now, like blood blacking out randomly. <laughs> <laughs> His balance um, is great, but he's fainting. <laughs> so like heightened levels of tau around your brain, yeah, which is obviously very, very, very bad. That bad um, stuff. But they have they have some biomarkers in blood that they can kind of test. Yeah, but it. When you're starting, like, in the context of my study where we're looking at increased risk of injury, mm-hmm. it mightn't just be this season that you're at a higher risk of injury. Yeah. It might be for two seasons or it might be for three seasons. And that's something that hasn't really been studied at all, you know, because yeah. they, have, they have a lot of tests where they follow people for two years. You'll see risk in the first year. And then if there's a concussion, you'll see risk for 12 months around that. Or else you'll have the interview a load of 60-year-old NFL players and see how they're doing which obviously which obviously they're not doing too good <laughs> I'm going to find a lot of those yeah a lot of uh, those but um, you don't tend to have you don't tend to have 
ones where they follow you for 10 years and kind of see the effect. It's hard to do those, I suppose. It's hugely expensive. And what down. what player wants to do that? And what association wants the results for Absolutely that? Absolutely no association. I think that APOE tree or whatever is the one that's a very good predictor if, you get, if you'll get Alzheimer's or not. Or okay. if you'll get Alzheimer's as a result of concussions. Yeah. Or if you have a good chance of getting those. I'd actually prefer just not to be tested. I've heard someone else say that, they just prefer not to know because yeah. you can't really do anything about it because Alzheimer's... Like what? What advantage would it be for me if I found out now? You would. You should probably go to sleep earlier, which would be a good one. What? Yeah, that'd be a great one there for your Alzheimer's. <laughs> um, you could start drinking things like uh, green tea and stuff like that, but you wouldn't do that. You're dead right. I wouldn't do you're that. You're dead, wouldn't. <laughs> I will come to a stage where like, you're dead right. <laughs> you'll, you'll just get two year olds, and there'll be a full remit of genetic testing, and it'll be like. Yeah. You know, he'll be really good at maths, but he's going to be shit at running and he'll get really bad concussions <laughs> and it'll fuck him up forever if he does it. So maybe don't do that, which I think will be absolutely terrible. Yeah. Because like so often, if you look at weightlifting, we talked about Sis McClecky before in this podcast and yeah. we talked about his kind of squat split jerk. He's just a giant of a man and he shouldn't have been doing... A horse of a man. What's, um, what's the gene with the... You can... It doesn't mean you'll produce no... It doesn't mean you'll definitely produce power. But it's a high correlation as an actin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actin, whatever. Yeah. But you can have like none of it and still be fine. But like. What's crazy is they take. So in Malaysia, if you reach. Yeah, I think it is Malaysia. Um, they're like head coaches over talking a few years ago. Yeah. Is it Malaysia? Anyway, doesn't matter. One of those countries. Um, Indonesia. It's Indonesia. Yeah. Uh, so they take. So say if you're a 14 or 15 year old and you have some talent in weightlifting, they'll do a muscle biopsy on you. They must have unbelievable amounts of money for this. Or an ethics. An ethics. Ah, uh, yeah, but like, so anyway, they'll do a muscle biopsy. And if you're... Don't if you, go, oh yeah. <laughs> it's only a muscle biopsy. And 15 year olds. They just shove a biro into your leg and suck out some muscle tissue. They're not getting ketamine for that? <laughs> so the- they do a muscle biopsy test. And if you're a weightlifter and you don't reach the threshold, so you've obviously been, you've obviously shown some talent to be in a national grade setup uh, as a 15 year old. They do a muscle biopsy. And if you don't have a high enough ratio of height or of fast twitch to slow twitch, they're like, "Hmm, maybe this isn't for you. And then you'll go and play on like a badminton team. That's not great. No, so you don't get dropped out of a sports setup. But like you might have loved weightlifting. But that doesn't mean you'll be good at weightlifting. Yeah, but that's a. I I don't think that's. Um, I don't like that system at that's all. That's someone making massive interpretations yeah. from stuff. It's also probably a country that has more money than it knows what to do with. Yeah, like I was saying with Sis McGlecky's case, like it'll get to a stage where it'll be like, "Geez, he's going to be six foot four or six foot yeah. two or whatever," and they're like, "There's no." But he won't be. Able, he doesn't have big joints, so he'll be able to get in that weight. There's no way he's going to do weightlifting. Yeah. And then we would miss an 18-year-old who clean jerk 232.5 kilos yeah. a day as, like, as a 94. You know, like, it'll definitely take some of the fun out of it too. Yeah. And like, obviously one of the the biggest things for injury risk is in kids is doing loads of different sports or reducing yeah. injury risk. So Yeah, you want kids to be as physically literate as possible. So like do a huge wide range of sports, loads of different things, not even just sports, but like loads of physical movement. Yeah, like cause And then when they're 12, you yeah. can be like, oh, what sport do you want to play? Yeah. And then when they're 15, okay, what sport do you want to be good at? Yeah, yeah. And then you start getting serious about it. Yeah. 
Whereas, like, if you, if well, it will come to something like this, like it will come to a stage yeah. where it'll be well, you'll only be good at wrestling, 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 <laughs> wrestling rattlesnakes. So, like, you're left with, yeah. you, you, you're not going to commit to anything really because no, no, no. you're like, should lads said only be good at wrestling, yeah, and then you could have been fucking class at badminton, yeah, which is not as cool as wrestling. It's way cooler And you'll probably have no Yeah you're dead right You'll have no career Yeah everyone in, loves badminton Yeah you'll definitely have a career in the UFC After you, if you do badminton <laughs> um, I think you're at, You're atching the gold area uh, Yeah I better go Have you anything else to add Or anything to say This is probably going to be called Training Reflections Plus Science And Muddle Science Muddle Talk Science Science muddy, Mudding the Science Talk <laughs> Thanks for listening Thanks guys Sorry for the hiatus Love you bye